Hello, everyone, and welcome to the L2 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Cartelli, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Luca Moya. Buddy, how you doing today? Doing well, bro. I'm doing well. Uh, I know we're going to have a guest on later talking about betting, but listen, man, it was a tough weekend in the betting category, I'll be honest with you. I lost a bet, my bet. Because Washington missed their extra point Brutal. to cover six and a half. Brutal. And Kamara needed eight more yards or else. Eight more yards. Eight more yards. His receiving total was 32 and a half. Mm-hmm. He got 25. I picked the over. So, you know, when you see that happen, might slap a little Rams live bet here uh, if they go down in the first quarter. Maybe their odds go up for money line and I pick them. But all in all, it's doing pretty good. You know what's crazy? Have you noticed how many COVID cases are going up? Not just like where in we the are, in, but yeah. like in the world of sports. Yeah, it's insane. Calgary just went down today. The NFL just announced the the thirty seven uh, players have got it. Ramsey's mm-hmm. out tonight because of COVID protocol. Um, Aho, uh, I think Aho and another player, Sebastian Aho in the Carolina Hurricanes, is staying stuck in Vancouver now because oh, they're in me. COVID protocol. So things are going crazy uh, in the month of December. So lot to cover. A jam-packed show we got for we're gonna talk some Leafs, some Edmonton Oilers. Like you said, Luca, we have a new betting segment, L2 Sports Bets. We're bringing on a special guest, Nick Ionetta. He's gonna give us his four picks for this upcoming week in the NFL. As well, we always have our week 15 NFL marquee matchups and a huge controversial ending to the Formula One season. All oh. that and more on this episode of the Luca. And Lucas Show and L2 Sports Podcast. See, I knew I was going to screw that up today. Wow. That's throwback. A, throwback. That is a throwback. What this, a unique name that is. Exactly. We're great at naming stuff. Oh, so you. good. So good. Let's get into these Leafs here, Luca. 5 4 okay. win over Chicago on Saturday night. Blow another 4 1 lead. Uh, the earlier one I'm, I'm alluding to is the one against Columbus, where they're up, they're up 3 1, and the game ends. Five to five to four. Are you are you worried about this? Is this worrying you right now? I know they have a lot of injuries to Marner, Sandine, Hall's not playing well, Muzzin. What's your feeling right now with the Leafs? Like they went on that 15, that 15 game stretch, they were 15 or 16 and two, and now they kind of slowed down. What is your thoughts on them right now? I think when you look at Toronto, they're still winning games, and I know it can be kind of concerning because the way they're winning them they're like well this isn't really a good recipe for success you don't really want teams to blow leads like they did and you did mention it against Columbus yes they did win but you can't have those laps in in judgment or or lose focus halfway through the game or especially in the third quarter like they did against Columbus and then we saw against Chicago this team does look a little bit different this team does look like they're primed to do well in the playoffs. But again, the only time we could tell is come playoff time. All this stuff right now doesn't matter. Sure, you're going to hit bumps in the road. Teams blow leads all the time. And I feel like because it's Toronto, we just harp on them more. One, because it's in our city, we watch them the most. And number two is, yes, okay, you could say they're accustomed to it because they lose in the first round. They blow leads like they did to Ottawa last year. But all teams blow leads. Like, no one talked about the Rangers blowing that lead against Edmonton. Everybody was talking about that McDavid goal, but they blew a 5-4-1 lead that game. So it happens. 
It's all about the playoffs for this team. We say this every week. I, I don't care what the Leafs do right now. Leafs could come in first, second, third, or fourth, or, or first wild card, second wild card. To me, they're a team that should be taken seriously, and they have to get out of the first round. They, you play them up against a, a team like Florida. For, they have the chance to get out of the first. Yes, it's a tough matchup, but I think that they're, they're a good enough team to come out of that. If they have to play Boston again, who's to tell you that series won't go seven again? It probably will. Let's be real. It probably will go seven games. If they have to play a Metro team, if the Rangers catch fire and become first in that division, or Washington and the Leafs slip to a wild card spot, they can take down one of those teams. So it's all about the playoffs right now for the Leafs. We've always said this, blowing leads in the year. Yeah, okay, it's going to piss you off. Yes, because you've seen it so many times. But at the end of the day, what team doesn't lose concentration? They've been hot. Let it go. It's Toronto. We just I feel like everybody overreacts so much when it's this team when it's really what 30 games in? Not even 30 games. I think we're still in the mid-20s right now. Oh, and yeah. and the and the you touched on that Edmonton comeback with the McDavid that McDavid goal. He goes in one on four. Yeah. And and that crazy game. But I think it was just the opponents the Leafs blew these leads to, like Columbus yeah, last in the league. And they Max Domi gets a goal with 0.2 seconds left. Like what if what if they they're down one goal? Luckily, it was 5-3 at that time. And then Chicago, who's had just a horrible season up in the front office and on the ice. And you're blowing 4-1 leads to them, giving up uh, odd man rushes to, to this team. I think that's where the concern was. And you saw they got that lucky bounce where, where Camp got the open net. And they panned right up to Cal Dubas. And you saw his face. He was shaking his head. He didn't jump up in joy. He's like, we didn't deserve this win. Even post-game, Sheldon keeps like, we're falling into these bad habits that we're trying to get out of that 15 game stretch may have hidden what the Leafs really are. Like their bad habits here and there, the, th- the little things that they do that other teams take advantage of. And now since the Leafs have come down to earth a little bit, their t- other teams are taking advantage of it. So they got to clean it up. Yes, they have injuries, but the one thing, one positive thing is that this power play is clicking unbelievably. They mm-hmm. are putting the puck in. The, I think they had two against Chicago. Um, Marner's out too, which is the which is the crazy thing. And Kasha has stepped in. They lost Jason Spezza for uh, six games. He was he had a a role on that when Marner uh, was out. Now he's out. So here's a crazy theory. You move Marner to the second power play yeah. when he comes back, and think of this. How does the Leafs' power play really work? The quarterback is Mitch Marner. Everybody on that ice, every team in the league, knows that puck is going to go from Mitch Marner's stick to somebody on the ice. It's going to go from Mitch to Tavares in the down low. It's going to go to Mitch to Nylander on one side. It's going to go to Marner. Uh, it's going to go to uh, Matthews on the other side. It's going to go through Mitch Marner. I think now when you have Matthews, Nylander, Kasha, he's playing well down low. Nylander and Riley, there's so much unpredictability. These teams don't know where it's coming from, and it can come from anywhere right now, it seems. You move Marner on that second power play, maybe with Jason Spezza, maybe they can work, and then you can have two power plays that are clicking and not have your first one dominate uh, pretty much the whole two minutes. What are your thoughts on that? Well, one like I know Marner, Marner Marner's a top player, and obviously you put your top guys out for first to score a goal. But 
right now it's clicking 30%. They're second in the league behind Edmonton. And Edmonton's power play was clicking when they 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 were on a, in an, on another planet. And they've come a little bit down to earth as well. Losers of their last five. And we're going to get into them next. But Martin on that second power play, like, try it out maybe. Will Marner go for it? That like, I know you're, you're what does that say, do to the player? I, I see what you're saying. Like, I know, like, it's not his decision. Okay, but we've seen in the past, and I don't know what happened in that whole contract negotiation. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that just sit back and let Matthews and Nylander and Tavares take the spotlight. He's going to go on the power piece. He's going to you know, slide the puck cross, cross crease to Envol. <laughs> like, like, come on here. I don't think he's going to want to do that, right? <laughs> or, or bang it down low to Simmons. Like, that's just not, I feel like, what Marner would want to do. But would it work? Really, you want to get your best guys out there on the first power play. But they're playing so well. I think for me, if you can just get a decent guy to, to slide that puck across to Matthews, you do. Like, Matthews in that corner where the hashes are, he's going to rip that. And, Marner, you're right. I think if you do change it up a little bit, it's interesting you say that. Everybody knows he ain't shooting. Like, he's not going to shoot. He'll have a clear shot, screen in front and everything. He will not shoot that puck. So maybe you get a guy like, maybe like a Spezza, who he can pass the puck. He can also shoot the puck. I'm not saying to be the QB of the power play, but what if it's like a Nylander? Nylander is silky, man. He can pass it. He can shoot it. Maybe have him control the power play a little bit and move Marner to the second power play unit, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. It, now's the time to kind of, you know, just mix things up, see what happens, see what works. But Marner and Matthews and Nylander, like, and, and Tavares, everybody talks about these are the four guys, these are the four guys. Well, when you have an opportunity to get all four on the ice, you're going to want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're going to put them down to the second unit, but it's an interesting thought that you say that because you're right. Like, he, he's not going to shoot. And I think that, that might take away from the power play a little bit, even though mm-hmm. they're so good. Yeah, because it's, pre- it's, it's almost predictable. It is pretty cool. This but guy's going to so pass good, it. Though. He's so good at doing it, though. Yeah, of course he is. But it, it's just another way to defend. Like, what if Marner yeah. just finds that that shot that gives another the team, the penalty-killing team, something else to think about? I think that's the only way. Like, if I'm Sheldon Keefe, I'm not saying throw him on the second power play for good. Maybe if you're in a game, it's a Tuesday night in Toronto or a Tuesday night on the road, throw him out with that second power play unit and see how it works. See what happens. You don't know I have to keep him on there for the whole game or for a stretch of games. See what happens. Make some changes. Just just flirt with the idea, I guess. Flirt with the idea. Exactly. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's just a thought. But we move on. Edmonton Oilers. Losers of their last five. McDavid uh, hasn't been up to the standards we saw at the start of the season. Dreisaitl hasn't as well. They're still producing, but not at the level they were. Does Ken Holland, the GM of the Edmonton Oilers, need to make an emergency trade? Because this team, it, it lacks some key things. First of all, they're a little, they're a little lenient on that on that decor. They should, they're looking for a left shot defenseman or a left a lefty. Their depth has been a problem for some time because you have those first two loaded lines and then nothing else. And what wins in the playoffs, Luca? Depth. Your third and fourth lines. That's what wins yeah. you games in the playoffs. And their goaltending has been shaky with Mike Smith out. If you're Ken Holland, are you making an emergency trade? You can't be wasting another year of 
prime Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Well, like, is it one, too early? Like, yeah, I mean, it could like be with the setback and setback of Mike Smith and Duncan Keith, you just brought in, hasn't really played for you because he's been injured. Well, what do you expect? The guy's like 40 almost. Like, come on. Well, this and is Mike the big offseason signing you brought in that, that veteran presence, and now he's not even there. No, I, I agree. I know with it's you. not, I know it's not Ken Holland's fault, but you got to do something here. I think you should make a deal, but just wait to the deadline because the team is still doing well, unless there's a massive injury, but put a, pull off a deal now. It might cause for some panic. Still doing good without them, but at this point, they got Hyman. He's been doing good. I mean, he's just... The, Same listen. amount of points as Michael Bunton. Yeah, but, I mean, okay, fine. He, he's an upgrade on that team, let's be real. If you think he's overpaid or not, he is an upgrade. And they got talent with Pooley-Arvey and, and Nugent Hopkins. They got to win, you would think, at least once with these guys. Or at least, at the very least, go to a conference final. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to. Like, McDavid's being compared to Sid. But I hate to tell you, Sid had a couple cups uh, at this age and uh, this many years in the league. So, we'll see. We'll see what Ken Holland wants to do. But, yeah, I mean, for sure make a move. We, all competitive teams are going to make a move. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that has two heart trophy candidates on their team. Why wouldn't they go out and do something? Yeah. Get an expiring contract. See what happens. Make it like a like a Manson or something we were talking about last week. Yeah. Got to do something. Because I personally, I, I don't think the way this team is constructed can win multiple playoff series. I think they can win one, maybe two. But I, I don't think that's the goal for them. The goal for them is to win the cup. When you have two yeah. players like that, it can't be anything less. So, yeah, I, I agree with make a move, but maybe not right now. Let's just wait. Still kind of early. Like we're not even halfway there yet. So let's just see what happens with the team and see if they can figure it out because they were hot start the year. But this is the problem with these big teams. I've, I've watched it in Boston all the time. That top line doesn't go. Your chances are, are low. And I know McDavid and Dreisler are those type of guys where you think that they're going to get one or two points a game. But if they don't, you're not winning that game more, more, more likely than not. So – Edmonton, for me, we'll see what happens. But I think the Leafs are a better team. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. If they met in the seven-game series, I'm taking Toronto. Well, we'll see tonight, uh, actually tomorrow night, as Edmonton uh, takes on the Toronto yes. Maple Leafs. So we'll see We'll see how that matchup goes. And, Luca, you kind of segued into it there, uh, hitting on Sidney Crosby and his prime and how he – was just a difference maker on the ice and how he made his team so much better like Connor McDavid does uh, right now. So we're going to do a little, would you rather segment here? 2000s versus 2020 comparables. I saw this on Instagram and I thought it would be fun to do for the show. So I'm going to give you a couple comparables, two players, one from the 2010s and one from now. And you see who would you rather take? Okay. Go. First one. You touched on it. Would you rather have the 2010 Sidney Crosby versus the 2020 Connor McDavid? Oh, yeah. I would. Sidney Crosby was a different beast. Like, and, and I know McDavid, this is something that we might never see again. That's what people are talking about. This guy's the best player arguably ever. 
when it comes to era and skill and what he's been able to do, I'm taking Sid. Sid was an absolute monster, and I was young, and maybe I didn't understand the game as much as we do now. But watching this guy, he was just a, a, a point machine. He did things that didn't show up on the statue, like we always used to say, mm-hmm. but it, he actually did put up points and so highlight real plays and everything yeah. like that. He, he put up the points and he did stuff that didn't show up. So if there was a point category for that, this guy, this guy would have 200 points a season. Mm-hmm. That's how great Crosby was. And that year he went down uh, the winter classic year where he got hit. He was at like 60 points in like 40 games, something like that. Like he was, he was tearing it up in the middle of his prime Crosby for me. Yeah, I have a soft spot for him because that's the era I grew up in. He's kind of like our Gretzky, you could say. Yeah. Or our Lemieux or whatever. But for me, Sid is going to go down as a top. I already think he is, but he's going to go down as a top five, top three player, in my opinion. See, right now, I, mean, I just, I'm so. taking Sid. I'm taking that 2010 Sid. One, because he just came off a of Stanley Cup and got his team as captain to a Stanley Cup. Yeah, you could say he had a better structured and better built team at that time. With He also had Prime McGinney Melkin, Chris Kunitz, uh, Pascal Dupuis, you want to throw in there, Jordan Stahl, oh, Chris Pascal. Letang, Marc-Andre Fleury. You know what I mean? McDavid re- doesn't really have yeah. like those pieces yet, and he's still putting up crazy numbers. But Crosby was – I guess it's just a soft spot for both of us that when we were kids, 10 years old, we're watching Sidney Crosby do all these amazing things, and that's who we wanted to be like. So I'm going Crosby as well. This one is a is a I thought was a really good one. 2010 Eric Carlson versus the 2020 Kale McCarr. So like Carlson on Ottawa, 16 during that cup run. Mm-hmm. Like that, so the like decades. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? Listen, I saw Carlson tear up the Bruins. I have to go with Carlson. This guy was just 82 points a year defenseman got probably robbed of the Norris that one year mm-hmm. he would this thing this is, this is what Carlson would do he, he'd have the puck behind his net skate down the whole ice create a chance then he would skate all the way back on the back jet get the puck and do it all over again in one shift take two what take two two shifts off come back on do the same thing again defensively you can say okay maybe he wasn't as good as we see Hedman now or, uh, you know, or we see, like, big guys like Burns back in his prime, right? But – or even, like, a Drew Doughty. But the offensive production that we saw, Kale McCarr is great. He, he, he's fantastic. And I, and I got a chance to watch him live, even though they got pumped. He looked great. You could just see special players. Like, when you go, you just look at the little things. That's why you go for warm-ups. You just see these guys. You're like, like <laughs> look at Kale McCarr and then look at, like, Justin Hall warming up. Yeah, like I know exactly. they're completely different, but you can just tell the difference, the way they skate, the way they handle the puck. It's just insane to me watching that game. So Kale McCart is great. I think he's going to have a bright future in this league, but Eric Carlson, because he was just a, oh my God, these Swedish defensemen, man, like they can skate and they can move the puck. And that's what Eric Carlson did. He single-handedly, I think personally, even though they had a great team, brought Ottawa to the cup final. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, or um, not to the cup final, to the conference final where they lost in double team. They were so good. And ever since Carlson's left, yeah, he's dealt with injuries, but he, uh, 2016 Carlson, uh, until I see Kale McCarr putting up 80 points consecutively or, or, or threatening that, 
you have to go with Carlson. I just think he's too young See, right now. Okay. See, I'm going as much as the nostalgia. Like, this is the game of nostalgia for both of us because that's that 2010 yeah. to to 2016 17 was like our nostalgia period that where we loved like these these players were in their primes but right now for me it's kale mccarr 23 years old 23 years old luca he's played 22 games this season 12 goals 13 assists 25 points he stays on that pace how many games 22 okay as a defenseman and i think he is a better defender yeah, than Eric Carlson was okay. right now at 23 years old. That could that change? He's yeah. plus seven right now, 26 blocks, 23 hits. You, um, you know what I mean? So, I right now, I think Kale McCart is absolutely unbelievable. We played on a stack team in Colorado, and there was a goal a couple nights ago or last night against Florida. He went end to end, roof set, and his bench is going nuts, calling him Bobby for Bobby oh, okay. Orr. Yeah, so, okay. Kale McCarr, I'm sticking with the with the with the new age in in Kale McCarr. Uh, we're running a little late on time here. There's a lot lot more of uh, comparables, but our last one here: 2010s Steven Stamkos versus the 2020 Austin Matthews. Oh, that's that's a good one. That's a very good one. Um, hot take: I always thought Stammer was a little overrated. Because he had that one sixty goal year and he was just good. Now, screw it. We might be going with the heart. We're going with Matthews. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> We're just gonna go with Austin Matthews. I think he's as a goal scorer. I've heard people say the case, and I, this is really, really early in his career that he could be one of the greatest goal scorers ever. And it's hard to to debate. I mean, this guy's putting up forty goals every year. Seems like right. Like he put forty goals in a lockdown year, and he was hurt. So the way this guy puts the puck in the net with ease to me is, is amazing. And Stammer's great. Uh, he's obviously the captain of, of Tampa. They, he won a cup. You can, you can debate how important he was for those cup runs because he was hurt. But at the end of the day, he was the captain. Mm-hmm. Probably He's a big part of that team, nonetheless. But it's just something about Austin Matthews. I don't know. Yeah. Just, for me, <laughs> I'm not because I'm a Leafs fan, but it's Austin yeah. Matthews. For me, 19 years old, this guy puts up 40 points. He scores four in his first game. He won the Rocket Richard last year. I know Stammer has a 60-goal season, and that's it. Like, the highlights yeah, of him, like, the one-timers he takes from, like, those crazy angles that he can put the puck, like, top corner, short side on a goalie is unbelievable. But I think Matthews is just a pure goal scorer. Like, that release and that shot, if he yeah. finds that one-timer from the side, it's game over. I'm not saying he's going to be an uh, Alexander Ovechkin uh, touching 800 goals, but – these two guys for pure goal scoring talent, it, it it's just unbelievable. So that's it for hockey. A lot on hockey. Um, but we're gonna get into our our betting segment, Luca. So let's okay, send it over go. to Mr. Nick Ainetta and the boys for a little L2 Sports bets. So I want to start off a new segment here on the L2 Sports Podcast. We're going to call it L2 Sports Bets. We're That's here. Unique. That's very unique. Thank you, Luca. I, it took a lot to, to think about it. A lot of planning yeah. went into this. So thank you for the unique name. I know I know we're not the best with names as we started this podcast calling our show Luca and Lucas Show. Yeah. So, <laughs> so don't expect any special names. Um, but we do have a special guest, 
Nick Ionetta. Welcome back to the podcast. He's been on it before, and he's going to give us his bets uh, for yep. today. So, Nick, thank you for being here. How you been, buddy? Thank you for having me. I've been great. And you guys? We're doing good. We're doing good. We're good over here. You're losing money every week. Yeah. That's, what we're That's doing. why we bring in Nick. Ah. We're like, Nick, we need some money, buddy. What What do you got for us? Well, so, I got uh, I got some locks for you guys if you want to hear. Oh, don't ever say I got some locks. I got some locks. I like I like the confidence. I like the confidence. Uh, I want to touch on a little bit. I want to let's talk about the Buffalo Patriots game. I talked about it for with Luca last week on the podcast, and he gave me his side of it. Okay. And yet he had a couple a couple things to say about you, so I want to get your side of it as well. <laughs> oh, okay. So take did, us eh? through the whole the whole experience here. Do you want me to talk about the experience of? Yeah, watching uh Buffalo and uh <laughs> and the Arctic Tundra cold. And yeah, just when I that saw that on Instagram, I saw that on Instagram. I'm like, Luca is screwed, man, because this guy doesn't do cold. He doesn't. This guy's do cold. worse. I'm this worse. I can't do cold worse. at all. But uh I gotta say that's probably one of the best experiences I've had at a football game. See, I've been to Buffalo a couple times to watch Buffalo and the Patriots, but it was during the Brady era. Buffalo wasn't really that good, so the atmosphere wasn't really that great. You would just walk in there, watch Tom own them like usual. You saw it this past week, too. And uh, they just go about their day. But uh, Buffalo fans now are are very, very diehard, very passionate because, you know, they they have a glimmer of hope. (laughs) Because TV 12. Have to go to the NFC, so they have a glimmer of hope. They think the AFC is theirs. Most, more importantly, they think the AFC South is theirs. East, or sorry, East. Yeah. And uh, you know, to sit there next to a Patriots fan <laughs> during that game, how big it was, and to hear some of the things that were being said around us, oh, directed at this so-called Patriots fan that's on this very podcast. So was, called. Wow. It was, okay. It was a good. It was a good experience. It was fun and. Uh, I gotta say that Luca Moy over here was very proud of the way Bill Belichick handled his team. I was, and he said, "I don't care if I watched Mac throw it only three times. We won, so it's all hey, that matters." Done. He got the, the job done, Luca. That's it. That's why, guys, a win is a win. Okay, at the end of the day, they're not gonna say, "Hey, Mac won this game by three and a half. It's one win in the win column, and we move and. uh it was great. It was really fun. Lou, you got to come if we go again. I don't yeah, know how you, you're, you know what? You're probably better than all of us in the cold because you, you grew up at a hockey rink, basically. Oh, so I was born on the ice, guys. So, yeah, like, so cold. <laughs> I see this type of weather out here. I, I, I thrive in this type of weather. I love it. Oh, really? Nick, I can't Nick stand is, the hot. I can't stand the hot. Every time we go and play, Nick always says he's minus 15 because on Madden, you get minus 15 when you play mm-hmm. in the snow. So Nick goes to stats dip minus 15. Yeah, minus 15 <laughs> in the elements. Yeah, exactly. So and Nick, what's uh, with this? The sw- you just wore a sweater there. No, no, no. So I, yeah, I, had, yeah. I had like a couple T-shirts underneath. And then a sweater and a jacket. And then I, I bought a Bill sweater at the game. Because okay, okay. I got to blend in with the crowd. You know, sure, I got to sure. show the home team some love. <laughs> Threw it on. I'm a chameleon, man. I, I got in. you. I, you had to blend in with the crowd because you were standing next to a Patriots fan. You didn't want to. Yeah. That crowd gets rowdy out there in Buffalo. So exactly, I, I yeah. see where you were coming from there. I thought it would help him, too, if he was standing next <laughs> to a, Pat, uh, a so-called Bills fan. You know, maybe the fire you. would be. I got you. It did. It didn't help that we had Mez with us with a Washington hat. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you Bill's doing? That, that brought more attention our way. Yeah, oh, more attention. So it was fun though. It was great. That's good to hear, boys. So Nick, we brought you on here for the bets. You said you got some locks for us. What yeah. do you got? NFL. Hmm. 
Week 15. Well, it's funny because we kind of just walked right into my first lock of the week. And uh, a lot of people would argue that uh, taking a team to cover an 11-point spread, like to win by 11, is not really a lock. But I have two very big reasons why Buffalo this weekend against Carolina minus 11 is a lock. They just came off of a very, very bad win at home to New England. And they just came off of a heartbreaking overtime loss to uh, Tampa this past weekend. And, you know, they have to, they have to find some energy again. They got to get back into this, into this AFC race. If they want any chance of really competing for the East uh, with, with the Patriots, they got to win some games. They got to string together some wins. And what better timing than when the Pats have a big game against Indy and Buffalo has a big game against Carolina. So I could see Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and the boys going in there and getting it done and winning by 11 or more. So that's my first pick of the week. That's huge. 11 points. That's 11 a big points. spread. That's a you, got, you guys got to remember, the, the spread is the way the spread is for a reason. You know yeah. what I mean? They try to scare you with 11. I, I, I think, like, especially the way Cam's been playing, no yeah. CMC. I, I just can't see this Carolina team stringing together anywhere remotely close mm-hmm. to one against Buffalo. See, like, it, it's at 11 right now, and we're at, it's Monday night. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it changes when they get to Sunday. Like, the NFL just released that 37 players around the league just got uh, tested positive for COVID-19. So we'll see how that changes. But right now, Nick... He has it in at minus 11 for the Bills to cover. What do you got at number two? Number two, I got two very high-powered offenses. And uh, when I'm talking about these offenses, I'm talking about Tyreek Hill. I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes. I'm talking about Travis Kelsey. I'm talking about Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. My next lock is over 51 points. L.A., Kansas City, big game. This could very much affect the way that division shapes up. And I think it's going to be a shootout. I know Kansas City's defense has been playing phenomenal like the last couple of weeks, but these are like, let's not kid ourselves. These quarterbacks play the same way, big arm, willing to stretch the field. They have all the weapons in the world, probably the best weapons in the AFC combined between the two of them. And there's too much firepower in that game not to go over 51 points, in my opinion. 50 that's you know what listen as long as the chargers win i i don't i don't really care oh yeah you're a chief's hater so Uh, i just yeah you you can call me that Uh, and you know i'm not going to defend i'm not going to come in here and say i like the chiefs because i don't (laughs) wait wait wait, would you say you hate the chiefs i no i'd I'd say i despise them i wouldn't say i hate them do you respect the chiefs luca yeah yeah i respect the chiefs Uh, you know yes and no I, i respect the way that they just make it look so easy, but sometimes I don't respect the way. I feel like when they lose, it's not a matter of a team beating them, I think, per se. It's just a matter of, of them beating themselves, and that, and that comes down to them just playing dumb football. Like them just Do you think they've fallen in love with the rolling out, no-look passes, yeah, like, making they just, it harder than it has to be? They, they just clearly – Okay, you need to run the football. Like it's just, it's just a thing in the NFL. Like I, I personally think having a, a good run game. This is very debatable. It is more important than having a good pass game because the run game opens up everything. You can have Patrick Mahomes sit back there, 
much as you want, but we saw in the Super Bowl, right? Like you have no old line. You couldn't get any run game going. And they were just one dimensional. They have to, they have yeah. to establish something in Kansas city and they've made it look so easy the last couple of years. And yeah, they won a Super Bowl because of it, but people forget in that Super Bowl, they ran for like 130 yards. So it's not like it was just no run game. And he threw all over the, all over the lot. It was just, they have to really sit back and say, man, listen, like, it's all fun and games, but at the end of the day, those are professionals on the other side of the field too, and they don't want to be disrespected mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. You can't just think it's going to be easy throwing 50 times a game and you're going to win every single time. Because in the playoffs, when the playoffs happen, they run into a team like the Pats or like the Colts. What do they do the most? Or what do they do the best? They run the football and they take up time off the clock. You're going to have to do that. And when you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, don't you want him on the field longer? Develop a little bit of a run game so he's on the field even longer. But 51 and a half, Nick, I, I, you know what? I, I hate saying locks, but I would think this has to be on that side because mm-hmm. 51, That's if you think about it, that's 25 points per team. Yeah, yeah. and I think they have too much firepower. And I don't think – rivals, like, they're, it's mm-hmm. going to be a shootout for exactly. sure, especially. Yeah. Nick, mm-hmm. what do you got at number three here, buddy? So I have two teams that are actually fairly hot right now. Uh, they're battling. They – need wins to get into the NFC playoff picture. And uh, I actually, like, you know what? Uh, one of these teams has grown on me. I've started to, like, appreciate them more, even though they're a div rival of mine. And the other one I, I have some respect for. I don't know what they're going to do in the future regarding their quarterback situation, but I like the way the team's built. So the spread on this game is eight and a half. And the game is San Francisco against Atlanta. Now, I think... San Fran's going to win this game purely based on their defense alone and the mixture of Debu Samuel. I, I really like him. Ayuk, Kittle's been playing great. I think they'll win this game, but I don't know if they'll win by eight and a half. So therefore, I would say if you bet on this game to bet San Francisco money line against the Atlanta Falcons. I like it. I like it. I'm writing it down because Nick is uh, we're going to post these on our instagram page uh for everybody to see and we'll see if, how much uh how many bets uh nick gets here finish it off with number four number four is uh is a team so uh, when i first picked this game i was thinking uh lamar jackson wasn't playing but it was announced that he will be and it still doesn't change my opinion at all the Ravens got to play the Packers and let's just face the music here for Ravens and the Ravens fans. Uh, the Packers are a great football team. And I don't think the Ravens have enough, especially with some of the guys they're missing for the whole year. Like the, just in the secondary alone, the, like to take on Aaron Rodgers and that receiving core is a total, a whole new ordeal. I would, I'm taking the Packers minus five. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I think they cover the spread and, I think they beat the Ravens probably by two scores, if I'm being honest. With Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, like, I can't see them. I can't see Baltimore putting up much of a fight. Yeah, Baltimore is at home. They've struggled a little bit. We don't know how Lamar is going to come off that injury. Mm -hmm. Green Bay's been firing on all cylinders. So that's four bets for everybody, ladies and gentlemen, for Mr. Nick Iannetta. Nick, I want to thank you for doing this for us. No oh, we're going to bring you on uh, more often because Luca and I want to continue uh, to do this kind of segment uh, since betting now is so prominent in sports, especially in Canada right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see how Nick does this week. And if you yeah. imagine he goes four for four, the, the reputation is going to be up there and we people should, are going to start uh, listening. 
we should get Nick on next week just to react if he does go 0 and 4. Uh, just to bring on. Yeah. And say I, have a, I have a feeling uh, I was brought on today because Luca gave me the nickname Nick Covers. I did. So, not. Yeah, covers. he did. So did Nick Covers. I love that. Yeah, okay, we're, that's gonna stick. That's gonna it's stick. It's not gonna stick. Don't make it. Don't 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 feed into this guy. Don't don't feed into <laughs> this guy. Talks. Uh, he's won. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Two parlays this year, and one no. of them was with me. Uh, listen, am I wrong? Listen, this is this is the fact of the matter. I put $50 into a betting count. I grew it to 600 in two weeks. I know what I'm doing. They okay, what are you at covers. now? How much you at now? Man, don't worry about what I'm at now. Don't worry about the best sure. I make. Hey. Okay, okay. We'll don't, judge him. don't judge him on his wins. Judge him on his losses because he has so, so few. few. Yes. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Thanks Thank for you, coming Lucas. on. And we'll get right back into the show. Thanks, Nick. No problem. Thank you, guys. Big shout out to Nick Ionetta for uh for coming on the show. Atta boy Nick, atta boy Nick. I'm gonna put some money on these bets, Luca, for the week. Really? I'm gonna do it just because like it's our show. I'm How gonna much? put some skin in the game. I'm, I'll, I'll let you know when I do it. I gotta talk to my, <laughs> my financial <laughs> advisor. Oh I talk to my financial my God. you have oh my I have a financial advisor. You may be my younger brother, but he's my financial advisor. Oh, we're, we're, we're gonna Mike talk or, uh, No, Anthony. Anthony, okay. I was, Anthony. Say, I was like, wow. We have to, it's, it's, it's just a thing with us is we, if we're going to put uh, bets on sports, we got to talk it through with each other. And I'm we're very we're upset right now. Pros and cons. I'm very, very Why, the Rams yeah. winning. Cardinals had the ball inside the five. I have Jim Connors in fantasy. It doesn't matter. I think I'll win this week. I need the Cardinals to punch in. Cause I want to go live on the Rams. Now mm-hmm. it doesn't look so good. Now I got to wait. Hopefully the Rams. Oh, you see what you see what betting does to you. Don't get into it, bro. Don't get I'm into it. You. Do not get into it. Um, but damn. That's unfortunate. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we win some money, and I come on here next week and just gloat a little bit. Gloat a little bit. Maybe <laughs> it'll just be you and me on the betting segment to, yeah. if you're winning money. Yeah, once um, Nick goes over four. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Please don't go over four because <laughs> I'm putting money on it. Um, our marquee matchups from last week. Uh, we both took Tampa Bay. They won in overtime against Buffalo. Uh, I took Baltimore, and you took Cleveland. So you took Dub on Cleveland. They won twenty four. Uh, 22 and then we have this game happening right now since we're doing it on a monday night uh the rams at arizona so we'll see how that turns out do you have the do you have the do you have the score yeah like the, the score. season score the season score the season score what of our march quickie matchups like the oh season no score. sorry i haven't been taking okay it. so i wanted to see what our record is it's probably horrendous it's probably horrendous the, it's probably took horrendous. the lions against the packers in week yeah. two Probably. That was uh, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Um. So let's go week fifteen. Marquee matchups. Here we go, ladies and Marquee. gentlemen. Kansas City at the Chargers. This is one of Nick's bets. Um. Kansas City. He's he he said on his segment he's taking the fifty one points over on this game. Kansas City minus four. Who you got? I think Kansas City will win. Um. I think they're gonna split because the Chargers got him earlier in the year, but. I'm picking the Chargers because I want to see Kansas City lose, and I don't want to cheer for Kansas City. So that's where I'm going with this game. All right. And I do think Nick is right. I do think that over will hit. Mm-hmm. So I'm bullish on the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously. I think the over is going to hit as well. So I'm going to go the opposite of Luca here and take okay. the Kansas City Chiefs. Seattle, baby. 
They've won two games in a row. Russell Wilson had a big game last week. Giving you they're false hope, man. They're taking on the Rams. <laughs> the Rams are favored by six and a half. I'm going with the boys. The boys from out west. My Seattle Seahawks. What? The Rams, ever since they got old Dow, then they're going to be without Jalen Ramsey. Russ is cooking a little bit for the past two weeks. Maybe we pull out a little upset, make it a little harder on the Rams uh, down the stretch of the playoffs. So I'm going Seattle to take this one in L.A. at SoFi yeah. Stadium. Yeah, no, I, you won't see me doing this. Don't bet on that game, please. Um, I, I got the Rams to win that game. I just, I'm sorry, I can't see Seattle <laughs> going into L.A. and beating them. But, hey. Crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. Next up, this I think is one of the biggest marquee matchups we've had through these four first 14 weeks of this season. The Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars, the battle for the this second pick in the NFL guy. draft. Okay, I get it. Okay. Jacksonville favored by three. Who you got? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Houston. Jags are a mess. I, I honestly, it doesn't really matter who wins this game, but I'm going Houston. I know they beat them early in the year, but I'm going the Texans. I'm going the Texans too. Urban Meyer, like it's just such a joke with that, and I don't think he's going to be lasting long as a Jacksonville head coach. No, uh, based on what not. is happening this season. So yeah, uh, it's going to be funny. Last one here: Pats at Indy at Indy. New England favored just by two. Indy has been playing well. I don't think four of the last five. I think Indy is favored. Is it? I'm pretty sure Indy is favored because I was looking at that today and I was like, well, there I'm putting my money on my team right there. This is a Saturday game as well. Indy is favored by two points right now. Two points, pardon me. So Indy's favored by two. They're playing at home, won four of the last five. Yeah. New England, seven game win streak. You think that comes to an end? No. Um, (laughs) No. Asking the past. This is the only reason. Now, now, if Indy didn't have their bye the same time as the Pats did, because they're both coming off a bye, I would probably be more comfortable Mm -hmm. going with the Pats. But the fact that Bill Belichick has had two weeks to plan for Jonathan Taylor and put the ball in Wentz's hands. Yeah, I'm going to take those odds. I like those odds. I know this defense is good. It's going to be a nice game. It's Saturday. Come on, baby. Saturday at 820. Give me the prime time for once, putting us on some prime time television finally. So it's going to be exciting. I got the Pats to win this game. Two weeks of Bill to prepare. Come on. Come on. All right, buddy. You made the case. Pats are going to take this one Saturday night, 8 20. And those are your murky matchups. You're taking the hey. Pats too? Yeah, I took the Pats. Okay, cool. Before we leave, we cannot. I've been meaning to ask you this. I'm actually very excited to hear what you have to say. Now, apparently everybody that I follow is an F1 expert because all I saw everybody posting was go Tings, Max Verstappen, all great race, crazy wild game. I guarantee I'm like, these guys, like I've never seen you post about F1 ever. Like I see you post about F1 throughout the season. Um, Clearly you're an F1 fan because we've talked about it on this podcast. Your whole family likes to watch it. So when it comes to F1, you were my source. All right, Luca. You were the guy I come to. This is the guy that I text if I say, if I want to put money on it, which I never will. But if I ever want to be like, listen, Lou, 
what happened here? What's going on here? What are the rules of this? Like, how, how does this work? You're the guy. So please explain to me why there's so much controversy in this race. And apparently Mercedes already got it denied and they're going to appeal it. Is yeah. there any, tell me if there's an actual chance that they can win it. Okay. So the race was Sunday and it's been an ongoing discussion with my uncles, my dad, my brothers, other people that I know like F1. And there's a lot of, like you said, Luca, there's a lot of undercover F1 fans who watch yeah. Drive to Survive on Netflix. I'm not calling you out. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not disparaging your fandom of F1, but I've watched F1 since Michael Schumacher. Sebastian Vettel was with Red Bull. Long time, because my dad has uh, been a long time F1 fan. So it's been my family for generations. <laughs> generations. Generations. So this is the controversy, and this is what happened at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, obviously tied in points. It comes down to the last race to see who will become world champion. Max yeah. led off at, as pole position. Lewis, at the start of the race, got the lead on the first lap. Max Verstappen made a move around. Lewis ha- went off the track and got a, a substantial lead on Max. And a lot of things happened throughout the race, and I don't want to go through this whole because so many things happened, but the controversy that everybody's talking about is what happened. Good old Canadian boy, Nicholas Latifi, crashes what? the Williams, okay. which brings out a safety car, Luca. Got it. Which means every, so you have to drive around the safe car. And this is at the end of the race uh, for everybody who doesn't know. It's at the end of the race. So there was potential for this race to end under a safety car with Lewis Hamilton in first. Lewis built a believe over, over Max. And okay. while they were cleaning up the car and fixing the barriers, the F1 director, Michael Massey, at first didn't allow the lapped cars to go through and unlap themselves, which usually happens, Luca. So the strategy was for Lewis and Mercedes was to stay out and keep track position as first place. As for Max Verstappen, pitted, got a free pit stop, and put on the soft tires, which is the fastest tire you can have. There's soft, medium, hard. Lewis was on the hards and Max was on the soft. So a couple minutes later, the race director, Michael Massey, changed his mind and allowed the three unlapped cars or five unlapped cars between Lewis and Max to unlap themselves, putting Max right behind Lewis. Okay. And the controversy was, was there was more unlapped cars, but... Michael Massey only allowed the cars between Lewis and Max to go through. Okay. And there was Man, one, some crazy and there was one here. lap left as the safety car went off the track and they continued racing. And obviously we all know Max Verstappen made the pass and ended up winning the race on the final lap that to win crazy. the world championship. I watched the final lap. That was so insane. obviously Mercedes is not happy because that is not the you can't just allow a certain amount of unlapped of lapped cars to go through. And what Michael Massey said to Toto Wolf, the, the, the head of Mercedes, the racing team was that he wanted to race. He wanted this, this ending of this season 
to end with racing, not under a safety car. So obviously Mercedes is a, appealed that decision to the FIA. They denied it. And now they are taking it to a court appeal. And they might have a case because there are some rules in this F1 handbook, rule handbook, that Michael Massey did not follow the right protocols to make it a fair race, essentially. So there's a chance. Can this so there is a chance that that final lap will be disqualified and it will end on the previous lap where Lewis led and he will become okay. an eight time world he, champion. Now, now just this, I, like, I don't know if this is legal. This is like blasphemous to the F1 community. And I get that there's the, having a lot of cars on the track impacts obviously the race but can't they have these guys just go 1v1 no they can't just there go, is other listen, things... go 1v1 for, for for 20 laps or 10 laps or whatever no and that's settle just, it. that's not the way it there's a lot of technical things that go into formula one racing and it's really really i don't want to say corrupt but there's a lot of things and a lot of dirty play that comes in throughout the season you, we've seen it with Max and Lewis and the teams going at each other and just different things being appealed and okay, different okay. things being challenged. So we're going to have to see. And what I was talking with my uncle and my dad at, at my grandmother's house is what should have happened. Like what, what, what could you have done to make it fair on that last lap? And what my dad said, he's like, why wouldn't you go to a red, you red flag the race, which means essentially you stop it. You allow Lewis to change his tires because you changed. The reason why they were so upset is because they based their strategy off of what he said. And then a minute later, he changed it. And it was too late for them to change their tires. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. They based their strategy on what he said previous. And then a minute later, changed his mind. So if you red flag the race, Lewis can change his tires. Max can change his tires. And they go mono and mono first and second on the final lap of the race from a standing start. Okay. Equal well, turns. Well, listen, there's just so many things going on. So here. many I things. I don't know if I caught all that, but I, I kind of understand it a little bit. But this is uh... – It was crazy. It was uh, – that race was crazy because I – Lewis passed Max on the first lap right at the start and built up a, a huge lead. A huge lead. Max didn't have the better car than Lewis that day. Lewis's Mercedes was way better, way faster. He just had, at that last lap, had the better tire than Lewis's already worn out hard tire. And that is why he had the opportunity to pass him there. How often do you change tires? Depends on the race. How, how, how many Depends laps? on the race. It depends on the race because if it's a small track and not a lot of laps, you can... You have to pit once and you can't use the same. T you have to use two different tire allocations. So you have to use a softer or medium or softer, hard or medium or hard. Okay. That's the rules. So Max well, was on the softs. He pitted for the hards and then he went back on the softs. We must be so over time here, but this is fascinating stuff. No, it was great. And we're, we're okay. Fascinating. So, stuff. Everybody was going nuts. Like it's, it was, it was such going a big nuts thing. because like, and, and my mom said it like she knew she said it from the day before that Max, if Max was going to wane, there was going to be something there that you're always going to remember what happened. The asterisk there because yeah, we don't Wait, know. Is there an asterisk for you? I see. 
I was going for Max the whole time. And when I came upstairs after Max won, my dad, he wasn't, he wasn't mad. He wasn't outraged. He's like, that's what the decision was made. And Max beat him on the last lap and red. And you could essentially say that Mercedes let Lewis down, not changing his tires earlier in the race. think because of the strategy they were on and they didn't want to give up track position. So is this the passing of the torch? I don't know. Next oh. F1 season in 2022, Luca, the whole car has changed. Engine, chassis, uh, teams, guys racing for different teams. Everything's changed. So it's going to be completely different and we don't know what's going to happen. So I can't wait for, for what the decision comes out of this appeal for Mercedes. And I can't wait for F1 racing next season. It's going to be crazy. And I'm, well, I encourage you at least to watch a little bit on Sundays next season. I might or watch the drive to survive on Netflix. Okay. You know, I, I mean, I'll get Start it. it up. That last, that last lap, even though I knew who won, I was like, Holy crap. Like how did he yeah, just pass? It's crazy. Like, but like, that was it. it you wanted, you wanted to see a race. You didn't want to see it ended under a safety car. And Max Verstappen, 24 years old, wins the world championship. He breaks like he went up against Lewis. How old is Lewis? He's in his 30s. Okay. He's won seven. He's tied for the record of most world championships ever won. Like Lewis is, I think Lewis is like the greatest driver in F1 history ever. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. And Max Verstappen this season went head to head with him and beat him. Is that his first one? That's his first one. This is insane to me. Guys, listen, this is live reaction for me. Uh, this guy is the F1 pro. Any tips you want? And this is the thing. This Max Verstappen right is was like a nut. Like, there's levels of drivers. Like, the elite of the elite in F1 right now is Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. Like, those guys are above the rest of the field. Just the, the way they drive, the way, like, what they can do in the car, they are the elite. And I'm happy that Max Verstappen got his world championship. Red Bull is back on top. Mercedes won the constructors, so they won the team championship uh, for most points. But what a season, and I can't wait for 2022. Luca, we're a little bit over. I, I lied. So You did lie. How much was that? I think it was at least 25 minutes on F1. <laughs> no, we went 25 minutes on hockey. Yeah, a little long. A little long on hockey, but we love to talk. Thank you for tuning into the L2 Sports Podcast. I'm Lucas Cretelli. That's Luca. You can listen to us on Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also want a big shout out to Nick Ionetta for the L2 Sports Bets segment. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. We'll see you next week. We'll see all those bets do. Take it easy, everybody.